You're listening to Podcasting for Introvert Entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Cliff Duvenois. Welcome to episode five. Welcome to Podcasting for Introvert Entrepreneurs, where it's all about podcasting, business, and mindset for the introvert entrepreneur. I'm your podcast coach and fellow introvert, Cliff Duvenois. And now I'm with the show. Hello, my fellow introverts. How are you doing? on this fine and lovely day. Well, no matter how you feel at this moment, I guarantee you that by the end of this episode, you're gonna feel a lot better. And I know that's a pretty bold claim. Yes, it is. But I'm gonna share with you something today that I think is really, really powerful. So this episode here, this is gonna serve as another foundation episode that I am going to be referring to back probably pretty often. Because as I shared in episode one, mindset is everything. And with the proper mindset, we can accomplish whatever we set our minds to. But with a wrong mindset or a negative mindset, it can really hold us back. So here's my promise to you. What if I were to give you a tool that would let you show up as your best self no matter what the situation was? doesn't matter if it's personal or if it's professional. Because today I'm going to share with you a mindset tool or a framework that quite honestly has really helped me to reshape my mindset. It has opened doors. It has opened possibilities for me that I have never even dreamed would be existed. But the best part is this tool has allowed me to set myself free. And I really want the same for you. I don't want you to be trapped by your own thoughts or the story that you're telling yourself. Rather, I want you to be liberated from those thoughts so you can always show up as your best self, just like I always want to show up as my best self. Now, one of the traits of being an introvert is that we take our information in, we analyze it, and then we try to come up with solutions for it or try to interpret it or when and there's one thing that I have found when I internalize information is that first off, when I in- internalize the information, I try to make sense of it. And then from there, I will have some kind of a feeling about it, whether it's good or bad. Most of the time, uh, I, I don't take action. I really don't. And because of that, I have let really good opportunities slip by that I should have taken advantage of. Now, before I share with you the framework, what I want to do is I want to go back and I want to share a story with you that I shared before, because I I think the story really drives home uh, the point here. And that was back in high school. It was when I attended my very first dance. And when I arrived at the dance, uh, this girl that I wanted to dance with was there. And I thought she looked absolutely beautiful. And I knew that if I asked her to dance and we would meet, fall in love, get married, and have babies, right? It was written in the stars, total back to the future. But first, I had to meet her. Well, for the entire night, I stood next to the wall. I didn't move. And why was that? Well, because I was standing there telling myself a story in my head. I was a geek. I dressed like a nerd. Why would somebody like that want to go out with somebody like me? You know, I'm stupid, dumb, I'm socially awkward, I'm shy, I'm bashful. All these labels that people had thrown on me, whether they were my classmates or teachers or, uh, you know, adults, whatever it is, but I had all these labels that people had been laying on me my entire life. 
And of course, the end result of this would be is I would ask her to dance. She would laugh at me. Her friends would laugh at me. And then the entire school would laugh at me, right? Every kid's nightmare. Well, let's put a pin in that story. We're going to come back to it. I want to share with you a very second, uh, second story here. This is actually something that is much more recent. I was at the doctor's office. I was having some routine tests done. And then that is when my doctor discovered I had a nodule on my lungs. They didn't know what it was, so they ordered more tests. And so, of course, I'm thinking a nodule on my lungs, it's cancer. And it was just so hard to function because every time that I have heard of somebody having lung cancer, you know, they have been dead within six months or four months or something else like that. I mean, it usually comes on pretty, pretty quick. I remember sitting at a red light. I was in the car driving. I had all these visions in my head that I was going to be going through chemotherapy and there probably would be some kind of surgery involved. And what if the cancer had spread to my lymph nodes and was out through my body and in my bloodstream and I'll be dead in six months. And I just remember I was just so just overwhelmed, you know, in that moment. I couldn't even function. I really couldn't even drive for that matter. I actually pulled off to the side of the road, shut the car off and just sat there just trying to, to take in what was happening. Now with both of these stories, the high school dance, as well as a cancer scare, both of those have something in common. Do you know what it is? See, in both of these stories that I just shared with you, I was telling myself a story that simply wasn't real. And because I was listening to that story, it impacted not only my thoughts and my feelings, but my actions and the results of my actions as well. Because in both scenarios, I was filled with so much fear and dread it got to the point where I could do or didn't want to do anything. I was just frozen. But the difference between these two stories is that I actually knew how to handle the cancer scare. Whereas the high school dance, I didn't know how to handle it. And so let me share with you what the framework is. Now, this is something that I was exposed to about uh, eight months ago at the time of this recording. I belong to this advanced marketing group, and part of the advantage of being in this group is that you got to work with a mindset coach. For reasons I don't understand, not a lot of people wanted to work with a mindset coach, but I did because I figured I could use all the help that I could get. And during one of our conversations, when I was talking to her, she said, okay, so I'm going to introduce you to the model because you're telling yourself a lot of stories that simply aren't true. And so this model here, when she explained it to me, I just embraced it wholeheartedly because it's beautiful in its simplicity. This is the model. This is the framework, C-T-F-A-R. Now, this framework was pioneered by certified master coach instructor, Brooke Castillo from the Life Coach School. She talks about this quite a bit on her podcast, the Life Coach School podcast, C-T-F-A-R, circumstance thoughts, feelings, actions, and results, right? So circumstances. What are the facts of the situation? Right? That is where everything starts. What are the facts of the situation? Next is your thoughts, right? What are the thoughts that you have about the circumstance? Next is the feelings. 
Your thoughts directly impact your feelings that you're having. And of course, then from there, your feelings drive your actions, right? That's the next part. And then last is results. This is where your actions produce some kind of a result, whether that result might be beneficial or detrimental. There is always some kind of a result. So let's run through the model for what I was facing when I was in high school, right? So I'm standing there against the wall. I'm convinced that, that uh, you know, I'm a geek. I dress like a nerd. I'm socially awkward. I don't play well with others. You know, nobody likes me, you know, all this stuff. But really at the end of the day, what were the facts about the dance? Well, when you go back and you take a look at the circumstance, there really is only two facts. Fact number one, I was at the dance. Fact number two, she was at the dance. That's it. Those are the facts. That is it. Everything else from that point forward was simply a story that I was telling myself based on those two facts, right? She would laugh at me. Her friends would laugh at me. But this had nothing to do with the facts. These were all thoughts that I was having. It was part of my imagination. My imagination, by the way, was not basing any of this on reality. So because I chose to have those particular thoughts, being a geek and nerd and being rejected, all that other stuff, my feelings from this were fear and dread. So what were my actions? I stayed glued to the wall. I did not move. I didn't do anything. What was the results of my actions? Well, we never met. We never danced. Never fell in love. Never got married. Never had babies. Now, if we think about it, the entire part, the hardest part of this entire model is just defining what the circumstance is, what the facts is, because we, we typically take that information in and we just start having thoughts on it immediately, which drives our feelings. And what happens is, is I just blend my thoughts right in with the circumstance. I start to tell myself stories about the circumstance without actually allowing myself to take a step back and say, wait a minute, stop. What are the facts? And then from there, I actually get to decide what my thoughts are based on those facts. And once I separate facts from my thoughts and just take the time to observe the facts, it allows myself to ask a question, what if I gave myself permission to think a new thought? What if instead of thinking that this cute girl would reject me, what if my new thought was that she might say yes? And if she did, then we could fall in love, get married, have babies. But even if she did say no, does that mean there's something wrong with me? Well, of course not. She could be seeing somebody else. Or maybe she's not even interested in me. But those reasons don't reflect poorly on me. But again, in high school, I didn't know the model. So that's the end of that story there. However, comma, I did know the model when I was having my cancer scare. Now, as I'm sitting on the side of the road, I'm completely overcome by feelings of dread and, and fear and like intense sadness. I took a deep breath really trying to define what it was that was going on. You know, what, what is the emotion that I'm feeling, which I just shared for you? And then more importantly, what was the thought behind that? Well, the thought behind that was that I was going to die from cancer, right? I had cancer, I was going to die from it. But that's just the thought. And I can change my thoughts. I can change the story that I'm telling myself. Because when I ask myself, what are the facts of the situation? It actually became very clear. 
The only thing that I knew with 100% certainty was that I had a nodule on my lung. That's it. Nobody knew what it was, not even the specialists. I had to go in for more tests to figure out what it was. So the thought that I had that I was going to die from cancer, what was that based on? Well, it was based on false beliefs. When I remind myself of the facts that this was just a nodule, no one knew what it was. And in that moment, I could actually say to myself, you know what? Let's think a new thought. I'm still alive. I can still impact people and I can still choose to be happy. So because I want to be happy, because that's what I want to feel, I want to feel alive. You know, what can I do that I know that's going to actually make me feel happy? And the answer to that question was very simple. I love to write and I love to podcast. So when I made it home, what did I do? I sat down and I started writing. And also I started podcasting because those are things that I absolutely love to do. Just the act of being creative fills me with all kinds of really great positive emotions. It makes me feel so good. And what are the results from this? To tell you the truth, it's actually some of my best writing ever. I mean, I was writing about, you know, the cancer thing and what was going on and how I was feeling and how I was handling it. But the story was just super, super powerful. And you know what? During that time, I actually produced some pretty awesome podcast scripts as well. So I can't tell you the number of times that I have used this model in my personal life, in my business life as well. It has helped me to bring healing to my personal life as well as be able to elevate my professional life as well. So, you know, one of the things that I tell you that, you know, when studying the model, and I didn't know of the model at this time, but when I go back, I kind of was aware of it on probably some kind of subconscious level. Remember in episode one, I shared with you how I was terrified to invite people to be on the podcast. I simply didn't want to do it. I had an extrovert friend that agreed to do it, but that was kind of short-lived. So do I stop podcasting because I'm afraid to ask people to be interviewed? I mean, podcasting is a super powerful platform. So no, I don't want to give that up. Now, when I think back to, you know, what was racing through my mind at the time, you know, my mind was saying, well, what if these people say no? What if they reject me? What if they think, say, oh, you know, your podcast is too new and, you know, all of these things. And, and because I was convincing myself that people would say no, I didn't even bother to ask them to be a guest on the podcast did not give them the opportunity to say yes or no to being on the podcast. Now, truth be told, when I take a look at it and I say, hey, what was the truth? What is the circumstance of that situation? What is the data point? Absolutely nothing. I hadn't asked anybody. All I wanted to do was ask people to be on the podcast, but I haven't even asked anybody. And I already convinced myself that they were going to say no. But you really, at the end of the day, as I said before, if they said no, there could be any reasons why. What if they're just super busy right now and they don't have time? Or maybe they opened up their email while they were standing in line at the grocery store, saw my invitation, and they thought, oh, I'd love to be on that podcast. And then they put their phone back in their pocket and paid and left and completely forgot about it. I mean, there could be a million reasons why people say no. So my new thought was, well, you know what? If I ask enough people, someone will say yes. I mean, after all that, isn't that what we want? We want people to say yes to being on our podcast, to being interviewed. And experience has taught me that the best interviews take place that when the person wants to be interviewed, when their answer is yes. 
So if people reply to my email and they say no, or if they say, well, I don't know, or they say, oh, I might be interested. Well, usually when those type of statements appear, that's when I exit stage right. And then I tell them, hey, you know what? Thanks for taking the time to write me back. Actually, our interview calendar got pretty full pretty fast. I'll reach out in the future if we have an opening. So just by thinking about it in those terms, my feelings of dread of potentially being rejected, they were replaced actually with excitement. Because you know what? When one person says yes, that's a person I get to build a relationship with. But I won't know. I won't have that relationship with that person unless I give them the opportunity to be interviewed. So my action, invite 20 people to be on the podcast. Do it via email so it's easy. I don't have to cold call anybody. But that's what I did. And guess what? Four people booked interview slots. And from those four people, the result was that I had an entire month worth of content, which was awesome. And it took me about an hour's worth of work to find the people's email addresses and contact them. So from all of these stories that I shared with you today, the one aspect of this is absolutely critical. Being able to ask myself, what are the facts? When I ask myself that question, the entire dynamic of the situation changes. Because once I separate facts from story, when I recognize where my wild imagination starts, I can actually push that out of the way. And then from that point forward, I actually get to choose the thoughts that I'm going to have based on the facts. And those thoughts will drive my emotions, which is going to fuel my actions, which are going to deliver a result. Now, I share this with you, my fellow introverts, because we share this trait, this trait of internalizing information that's going on around us. That is one of our strengths. We actually think before we act. But for me, this is where I could also fall down. And I don't want this to happen to you because I internalize a lot of information. And when I bring that information into my head and I start analyzing it, the very next thing I do is start to tell myself stories based on that information. And most of the time, the stories aren't true. It's that part of my lizard brain, so to speak, that's trying to protect me by imagining the worst case scenario. So what happens is, is I actually believe those stories. And before I know it, I have talked myself out of some great opportunities. So some of the stories can take shape in any way or form. And I wrote down this list here because I, at some point in time, I know I have thought these, but you might think these things as well, right? Oh, well, this is too good to be true. Oh, I don't want to bother him or her with a question again. I might make him upset. If I remind my email list to download my free thing again, they might get upset and leave. It's too late for me to get started. There's so many people that are doing this already. Oh, I'm, I'm not smart enough. I don't have enough talent. I'm not ready. But when I take a step back from any one of these situations and I just ask myself, what are the facts? The picture becomes crystal clear. And as I said before, I get to choose what my thoughts are. And then from there, and yes, you do have a choice in your thoughts because there's always a choice. But your thoughts dictate your feelings, which drives your actions, your results. And yep, I repeated that like 10 times throughout this, but it's that important. Because when you exercise the power of choice, when you get to choose the thoughts that you're having, this allows you to show up as your best self in any situation. 
And when you do that, you're the better for it. And the world around you is the better for it. Make it a great day, my friends. I will catch you in the next episode. Hey, everyone. If you're enjoying these episodes, then you really should check out podcastingwithcliff.com. We've got all kinds of resources to help introvert entrepreneurs just like you to excel in their business using simple podcasting techniques. And the concepts that I talk about in this podcast, we do a really deep dive into what it means to truly be an introvert entrepreneur and how you can use your innate traits to truly dominate your niche. Come over to podcastingwithcliff.com and check it out for yourself. Until next time.